Hey, I'm Asher. And I'm Jackson. And what you're about to listen to is Strictly Confidential. Hey, Asher, how's your week been? My week's been great, Jackson. Yeah? I don't have the ability to elaborate on that. Okay, well, uh... See, like, I can't really put together any sort of witty observation about my weekend because I have to be more objective than I am about free comic book day, which is what I did yesterday and had a grand time. But witty observational humor start off with something like, you ever notice how Spider-Man blank? But all I want to do is talk about Spider-Man's iron spider suit is the coolest thing and you got to check out this issue. And then it just becomes esoteric nerd stuff. And that's the podcast we have been actively trying to avoid making this whole time. I mean, we've intentionally avoided making this a King of the Hill show or something like that. Because with, uh, with entertainment like that, it's so easy to do that. Where you just say, hey man, think about how great this is. Hey man, I love, I love this scene so much. Like that kind of thing. Yeah, and right? only negativity sells. Mm-hmm. In terms of entertainment, we can't be positive because that's boring. And speaking of negativity, do you want to talk about my currently growing mustache? Yeah, let's dunk on your mustache for a little bit. So I know this is an audio format, which is probably a benefit for you guys because then you don't have to see the mustache. I showed it to Asher earlier before we called, but it's not. I I personally think it looks good. I have been told in the last couple of days that I am wrong about that. But I personally think it looks good. I mean, what makes a successful mustache? What criteria do they think that you're not achieving? Well, one of the people is my friend Haley. And my friend Haley told me that she thinks all mustaches are bad almost no matter what they are. Okay, well, then that's not a valid opinion. But I think that a lot of people have the opinion of I've never seen a mustache that validates the mustache like i've never seen a person owning a mustache that validates that mustache that can't be true that's revisionist history shannon she used to have the theory that all mustaches are bad but the other day i was like okay give me two days let's see what we think of this mustache in two days and the next morning i woke up and she was like you know what i'm on board with the mustache so now is my only window to try this because there's no way this is happening again that's the biggest win i've ever heard um, and I actually, I've only been growing it for about a week and a half now, but I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about it. But I definitely, I put, a, I had a job interview on Friday and I put up in my close friends Instagram story, a poll that said, should I, or should I not shave the mustache? And I had a friend that commented on the poll and said, I wish I could click yes more times, <laughs> which to be honest, really hurts. It is very hurtful. And then there was a reorganization of the close friends list. Yeah, I uh, definitely organized my close friends list based on who I think would be remotely interested in seeing the mustache. And now I don't know anything because I thought these people would be excited for mustache me. Or at least on your team, like at least supportive. At least at least suppress the hatred. (laughs) a little bit like she actively went out of her way to say yeah that's bad yeah you would never do that for someone's hairstyle like that would be seen as 
extremely mean to just insult Ex- someone's haircut. But for some reason, the gloves are off when it comes to facial hair. When it's like, yeah, you can just walk up and insult him. And that's completely acceptable. And to be fair, I'm not actually hurt by it because there's no way I'm shaving this mustache until Shannon thinks it looks bad. But I definitely and I definitely feel like I have the personality type to carry a mustache that's a little bit less good than it should be. I think my personality type makes people think, oh, yeah, his mustache is his mustache is good enough to not think it's bad, even if it is a little bit worse than the average mustache. Yeah, you've got the face structure and the personality to have a lower threshold, I feel like. It just takes work, man. Like, you don't get to an amazing mustache immediately. There's gonna be an awkward face. Do you want to dive into our topic today, Asher? Yeah, I would love to. Well, speaking of mustaches and the history of America's kind of, or the world's kind of weirdest facial feature, people like Nikola Tesla and Thomas Edison almost certainly had mustaches, considering the fact that every movie they ever have shows them being from that era by having a mustache. I mean, you weren't allowed to drink or own an automobile unless you had a mustache. I mean, I actually took pride in having this mustache for my job interview because it was for an art director position. And I thought, you know what? This mustache is loosely art director. Yeah. And I get the feel, I get the feeling that people like Nikola Tesla wore their mustaches in the idea that they thought, oh, hey, this guy had a mustache. This guy had a mustache. And they invented stuff. All inventors must have mustaches. It shows a level of intentionality, and that implies intelligence. Mm -hmm. Let's start off this with a question from your end. Tell me a little bit about what you know about Thomas Edison. Well, the one thing you're supposed to know is that he invented the light bulb Uh, And later, when you become more of a nerd who's read too many comics and seen too many movies, you know that he was the sworn enemy of Nikola Tesla. Yeah, so we're going to talk about that a lot today. But I I wanted to get into more of the deeper dive stuff with him. So I don't want to I don't want to give too much of a background. So we're going to give a speed round of things you need to know about Edison before we go in. Okay? yeah. Okay. so start the clock. Uh, He was born and raised in the American Midwest in February of 1847, but just like everyone else we know about at the time, he ended up in New Jersey. He's quite possibly the most famous inventor of all time, credited with inventing the phonograph, the motion picture camera, and more importantly, the light bulb. He was one of the first implementers of using means of mass production as part of his industrialization workflow. And lastly, he's a liar. Oh, man. Cut the clock. Okay. Uh, any questions so far? <laughs> yeah, which one of those was a lie? Because the light bulb thing seems to be pretty universally agreed upon. So none of those things he was fully 100% a liar on. And that's what we're going to get into today. That's what makes a good liar is there's a little bit of truth in every part of it. But yeah, to start off, we need a little bit more backstory. When he moved to Jersey, he created a lab in Menlo Park with a focus on coming up with inventions. Edison was more of a businessman than an inventor. He would have an idea about a concept and then have his team of inventors and engineers do everything, which is something I don't think we pay attention to enough. A lot of the times, especially in the early 1900s when he was doing all of this, people would think that man right there created this thing. The the Wright brothers created the airplane. Uh, Thomas Edison created the light bulb and nobody else was a part of it ever. Yeah, it's... It's just easier also 
to memorize that as a fun fact or that one person is the inventor and not what may be the truth of being a large collaborative effort. I mean, rather than memorizing every person on his team and having that be on a flashcard for a fourth grader, you just have the one name, Thomas Edison. And it also works well because you wouldn't want to say something like the the Thomas Edison Menlo Park Research and Development Team created the light bulb. Right. Because because no fourth grader is going to write all of that on a flashcard. Exactly. So pretty similar to Steve Jobs in that way. Yeah, there's actually a lot in common between Steve Jobs and Thomas Edison and Steve Wozniak and Nikola Tesla. Uh, but we'll get into that. And to be honest, all I know about the relationship between Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak is from the Michael Fassbender bio- biopic. So uh, I don't fully know if I'm an expert there. <laughs> but um, but honestly, the most valuable thing people think he actually invented is the first kind of science, technology, research, and development team that would allow stuff like this to happen. Okay, so just be the organization of the team being his invention. Like, he definitely, yeah. So that's one of the things people actually accredit to him, no matter whether or not they hate him or believe he was a liar or anything. They talk about the fact that he was a, uh, he was smart enough to put together a full lab of people working on the same project. Yeah, I mean, he had to be smart enough to position himself in such a way that he could take credit for any of the inventions. And I'm not at all in this going to say that Thomas Edison is dumb in any way. He is smart and going to be important for all of this, but he is different than the person I grew up learning about. Yeah, I think the question is whether or not he was an asshole, not so much whether or not he was intelligent. And so let's get to the asshole parts. A lot of this has to do with with Nikola Tesla, the inventor of SpaceX. Um, Edison was kind of a dick in general, but specifically to Tesla. Um, According to a really well-written piece on the comic website, The Oatmeal, (laughs) it's genuinely really well-written, and they talk and describe their relationship a lot. Uh, The actual piece is mostly about Tesla, But in the sections about Edison, that's what we're focusing on today. Edison hired Tesla to help him fix some of the motor concepts he was working on for them. And he offered him the modern equivalent of a million dollars. Once Tesla had fixed it, Edison didn't pay him and made a joke about how Tesla didn't understand American humor. (laughs) It was just a prank, bro. I gotcha. We made a deal about a insane amount of money and you thought I was serious. Made a joke about it. He doesn't understand the American legal system because he was apparently confident that he could not be sued. I mean, if I was Tesla, I would tell Edison that Edison doesn't understand how my fists work. <laughs> Edison doesn't understand but- how quick a bullet leaves a gun. Edison doesn't understand how a chair can smack you over the head. (laughs) One of my favorite things about Nikola Tesla, and this isn't entirely in contrast to Edison, but one of my favorite things about Tesla is how polite he was about everything. All he did after this Edison situation is he just left Edison's team. He started working on on a separate alternative current electrical system, which ended up being more powerful and kind of a kind of a rival to Edison's teams, which is where start stuff starts to get kind of crazy. Edison's solution was to supposedly, and this is 
rumored and a lot of Edison biographers will say that he didn't know anything about his team doing this. But Edison's solution was to buy dogs and cats from schoolboys in the neighborhood and put them on display and electrocute them using Tesla's alternative current system. Oh, man. Trying to fearmonger the heck out of Tesla's stuff. I think that is the most famous uh, negative thing that everyone hears is the um, electrocution of an elephant. But yeah, the somehow that's even worse. Elephant or dogs, you mean? Just like neighborhood pets and animals. Apparently, the rumor is that families started noticing their pets go missing. And Edison's team was telling the schoolboys not to tell the parents that they were selling them. Jeez. Which is shady as heck. Okay, that got dark fast. But are we to, I guess, I mean, the speed at which that got dark implies that this is the sort of practice that was going on all along. Yeah, so I I think one, well, I was not great audio content. I dropped my chapstick, everybody. Keep it cool. I think the way that got dark means that, yeah, we're hearing about that, meaning it's the first time people really heard about that stuff. But they must have been doing weird, dark, or cutting weird, dark corners like that before, is what you're saying? Yeah, because I mean, like, animal rights... Are not nearly as good back then as they are now, and people didn't really think about animal testing in the same way that we do now. But that was not just neglect or thinking lesser of those forms of life. It was an actual attack. Well, I think for the most part, the actual inventions that these people were working on didn't have to deal with uh, the danger of human life as much as... The electrical current would be the first one that really seemed dangerous because the light bulb um, and the the phonograph and all of that is stuff that, yes, you're dealing with electricity, but not directly and not you're not expecting people and customers to really deal with it. The way like if you watch, oh, man, what is the movie? The magic one with uh, the prestige Nikola Tesla in it, the prestige. They're testing in the movie, and this is about two-thirds of the way through the movie, so I don't really think it's a spoiler, but a little bit. They're testing, and I'll, I'll keep it vague. They're testing stuff with cats because they want to make sure that a living thing doesn't get affected by this thing before they test it with humans. Right. And I imagine that that kind of thing was pretty common in that the idea of, oh, hey, this cat lives, breathes, and other stuff, one of pretty much the only thing it doesn't do that we do is talk. So let's see if we can use a cat as a test dummy for these experiments. And I imagine that for the most part, they were already using animals for stuff like that. I mean, we use animals for, I mean, we used to, I don't know if we still do, but we used to use animals for space expeditions. Right, like Laika. Yeah. And so I imagine that that kind of idea is pretty similar here in that, yeah, Edison's team probably used animals before and probably bought those animals from schoolboys before. But I imagine if you're testing stuff, you probably don't need that many dogs and cats. Whereas here, supposedly they put them like in the front window and was like, hey, look at what Tesla stuff does. It kills your animals. Right. There wasn't any actual scientific knowledge to be gained from this. It was a it, smear campaign. It was purely fear mongering. Yeah. Trying to get people to think, if that could happen to my neighbor's cat, 
I'm not going anywhere near that. I'm trusting Edison, the people who are showing me the dangerous stuff. Um, but yeah, their their feud didn't stop there. A man named Robert A. Watson Watt, who was born to be working in the electrical invention field. He had no choice. Uh, it's kind of like having your last having your first name be Taylor. Like you could do other jobs, but you're going to be sewing clothes. But from birth, you were careening towards your destiny. But yeah, a man named Robert A. Watson Watt, which is funny to me every time I look at this name, is credited with inventing the radio in 1935. But Tesla actually invented the exact same thing in 1917, and we don't recognize him for that because he pitched it directly to the U.S. Navy, which in 1917 was where Edison was the head of research and development. Oh, boy. And Edison, who holds grudges like uh, nobody I've ever met, told the Navy it had no practical application in the war, which I think immediately seems less dangerous than the dogs and cats things in less dark. Long term, oh, man. What was he trying to pitch to the Navy? A radio. And he was trying to <laughs> convince them that there would be no practical use? Yeah, Tesla invented the radio in 1917, pitched it directly to the U.S. Navy because he realized how good of an idea that is. And Edison was like, I know that this would save a lot of our lives and possibly win us the war, but Tesla really messed me up leaving my company so long ago. He was, without a doubt, a wordsmith and a persuasive guy. If you can convince anyone who's in a military operation that talking to each other would not be beneficial. Yeah, I, I would love to picture that kind of conversation because there are certain... Certain inventive conversations like that that are so fun for me to brainstorm. I think the best example for me is imagining a movie production studio going up to uh, Alec Baldwin and saying, hey, we need you to play a baby in this film. <laughs> but I think conversations, inventive conversations like this, where it's the idea is something along the lines of, OK, maybe the radios make too much noise and we're working on keeping secretive away from our enemies. Oh, but but Edison, but Thomas, what if uh, what if we wanted to communicate with our teams? Well, we've got smoke signals for that. Well, that's what that's what yelling is for. We've already got mouths, team. Why do we need mouths with robots? But Thomas, aren't you the one who's trying to invent the light bulb? <laughs> I just that conversation seems wild, but it is. I didn't. I hadn't thought about it that way. It is without a doubt a testament to his marketing abilities, his ability to say, "Oh yeah." There's no way this would work. Focus on my products instead. But honestly, the biggest thing for me after reading this, this oatmeal stuff, and then I read a little bit before that too, it's easy to assume that Tesla was always the good guy and Edison was always the bad guy. But I mean, that's not how people actually work. Yeah, that what, anytime you have a narrative that's that simple, it's not going to be true because real life doesn't work like that. And I love the oatmeal, but there are a lot of pretty strong critiques of the comic, which makes a lot of sense. It's easy and fun to claim somebody lied about everything he made and he had one little thing happen to him that made him hate everybody. But humans are typically more nuanced than that. Yeah. I mean, they are more nuanced than that. Um, Edison's most famous invention is the light bulb. And for the most part, experts still attribute his name to it. He It was a little different in the way people thought he invented it. But he still very much played an important role. He worked with his team of either 14 or 22 engineers. I found different answers online. Uh, one of those I'm sure is right. But he worked with his team 
to create it, but his team was actually the one who wanted to use the name Edison for it as the the crediting inventor for it. Hmm. Well, that's pretty redeeming. So it wasn't even him that said, okay, I made this. I I created the light bulb and I want nobody else to know who did it. Maybe they too understood the marketing benefit of that. That's exactly what it was. The name Edison was such a valuable resource at the time that engineers felt like they could use it to get them in front of investors and clients and stuff, which they definitely did. I mean, I, I'm sitting to, in a room where to the right of me, my wife has hung up these like yard Christmas light stuff and I can see 30 light bulbs hanging right there. And behind me, there's a thing that has three light bulbs for our game room. And downstairs, we've probably got another 10 light bulbs at least. I mean, the name Edison goes with all of that. And I, before Elon Musk stole the name Tesla, I everybody knew the name Edison before they knew the name Tesla. Tesla's comeuppance. Wait, I think that's actually a negative term. He got his day in the spotlight when comic books finally hit the mainstream because he is the patron saint of nerddom and a great plot device because anything that happens in the past where you need some sci-fi shit to happen, you just introduce Nikola Tesla. Can we also briefly sidetrack and talk about how good of an inventor name is Nikola Tesla? It's so good. You're telling me that how many letters is that? Is that six letters in the first name? Yeah, six letters and five letters seems like the perfect number of letters, but just the feel and flow of saying that out loud. Nikola Tesla is, uh, that name slaps hard. Um, but since this was kind of the first research and development team, you can see why they would want a one person name coming up with this. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like it goes about, it's kind of like Ray Kroc, the uh, founder of McDonald's. Uh, he didn't call McDonald's Crocs. He stuck with the name McDonald even after he cut out the McDonald brothers from the business because the name McDonald's was extremely important to the success of the franchise. Or at least Ray Kroc saw it that way. For him, that was the ultimate Midwestern Americana you know, old McDonald had a farm. Like it, it implied, like a hardworking American. And so, did that guy go on? And so, in the same way, if you have a name like Tesla or Edison that the public views like associates with intelligence and inventiveness, there's a reason you would want to keep that name. Did you know that the largest distributor of toys in the United States, or I think even possibly the world, but I don't want to claim that, is McDonald's? I did know that. Yeah, because of the. Happy Meal toys. But yeah, I going back to the whole idea of inventors, I think part of it has to do with the fact that this was the first team of engineers working under one guy on inventing projects like this. But I think it also has to do with the fact that even nowadays, we remember inventors from recently. When I think of Tesla or SpaceX, to my chagrin, I still think of Elon Musk. Yeah, and when I think of iPhone and any of that, I think of Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak. And yes, a part of that is our desire now to document those in media as much as possible. But I think even then, it was a marketing move more than anything else to say, hey, Edison invented the light bulb when really 14 or 22 people invented the light bulb and Edison sold it. 
yeah, it's really not much different from today. Like you're saying, Elon Musk is mainly just a big anime nerd who's good at Twitter, but no one thinks of him as not a genius. Yeah, and stuff like, um, I guess the the example of somebody like Nikola Tesla, where we still remember the name, would be Mark Zuckerberg. Because Zuckerberg did really invent Facebook and ended up not being a kind of front-facing person like Steve Jobs or like Elon Musk because he was that kind of, uh, I don't know, more in the back room inventor. Yeah, you have to be able to sell it. But yeah, that's my that's my main point is that I wanted to enlighten you a little bit, pun intended, on the invention of the light bulb. The the whole idea is that Edison himself didn't actually create the light bulb. He provided resources and some ideas to help his team create it. But truly what he did was make people want the light bulb. And he came up with the idea, showed his team, hey, this is what we're going to make and it's going to sell like crazy. Um, and it took a while to get actually distributed places. But once it did, I mean, like I said a second ago, it's all over my house. It's all over your house. We use it everywhere. Right. And I mean, there's a lot of value to the fact that he created the environment in which it could be invented because, of course, nothing can be made in a vacuum. And this is the reason why we see um, like we have Wright, Wright Brothers inventing the airplane, but they are there are similar inventors in Europe on, and on the other side of the world who were extremely close to also finishing an aircraft at the same time. And throughout history, uh, especially in the past 200 years, there's the phenomenon of, of inventors inventing the same thing at almost the same time at different parts around the earth. Because even though it's, it's easier to just credit it to a single person and their, and their standout, standalone brilliance, they are a product of their environment, and we see inventions of similar. We see similar inventions pop up at the same time because they're people living in the same time. You see what I'm yeah. saying? And yeah, because if it hadn't been Edison and his team, it would have been another team in probably a few short years, if that. Um, Especially because these people are living and thinking we need to continue to perpetuate technological advancements. What what thing do we need right now? The ability to see. The ability to see after dark because I could get so much more work done. Or maybe I could build a home that had fewer windows. And f I guess I guess you could use candles, but yeah. But yeah, that's the whole idea is that Edison didn't do all of this on his own, but a big part of that wasn't his idea. His team trusted him and wanted his face to be the face of the company. And that's not a bad thing. It's tough to be an apologist for a guy who electrocuted dogs. But I guess this the whole point is credit where credit's due. And like you said, it's everything's a little more nuanced than it seems. And I, I need to remember that I wasn't there for any of this. I don't know exactly what happened. And since there are countering accounts or differing accounts on some of this stuff, the idea that Edison himself went up to children and asked them if he could electrocute their dogs seems pretty unlikely to me and seems like it would probably be an urban legend. But that almost sounds like a reverse smear campaign later against Edison. Who knows? This is entirely speculation, but maybe Nikola Tesla was even worse than Edison. It's possible. But yeah, I mean, that's that's how we learn things through this 
kind of research is we read about it and we trust, okay, I need to take all of this with a little bit of a grain of salt. And make sure that we're getting both sides of the story because I'm sure each Edison would make Tesla seem evil and vice versa. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Well, if your home has working electricity and a functioning computer, you can go to glimrollmusic.com and check out Glimroll. He wrote our theme song. It's called Threadbare. It's off the album Burden of Proof. Uh, it's on Spotify, iTunes, any place you can stream music. He also has a new EP that came out pretty recently, and it slaps, so definitely listen to that. And then if you uh, want to follow us on any of our social media, we've got an Instagram account that we post and a... We've got an Instagram account and a Twitter account, and we post on both of those about every new episode. Sometimes we'll post about research that we've done if we find that. Sometimes we'll post behind the scenes. But for the most part, it's just a good way for you to see, okay, Asher and Jackson put out a new episode about Thomas Edison, and I'd love to listen to it now. And then if you want to shoot us an email about something, did I say what our Twitter and Instagram are? No. I don't think I did. Just that we had them. I've just said that we have them. Well, I've got Bozo Brain. Our uh, our Instagram is Strictly Confidential Show, and our Twitter is S Confident Show uh, because of different character limits. And our email address, like I was saying a second ago before I was really interrupted by myself, is strictlyconfidentialshow at gmail.com. And you can send us pretty much anything there. I mean, if you have questions about what we're talking about, if you have concerns about what we're talking about, if you think hey, uh, you said a thing, I don't think you really knew it. That's totally fine because we are absolutely not experts in these categories. I mean, the fact that we release one one of these a week lets you know that we really don't know that much about it. We're just exploring, researching, and trying to figure out the interesting stuff. And yeah, so if you want to do any of that, shoot us an email, shoot us, uh, shoot us videos if you want, shoot us anything. We will love it. You can also expand on things that we've said, and uh, this is going back to the Blue Harvest episode. I had uh, a message from my brother Hayden, who is a much bigger expert on Star Wars than either one of us. Uh, we talked about the reason that uh, the main reason that Blue Harvest was used as a cover name was for security purposes. Uh, Hayden pointed out, though, and I wanted to mention it on the show, that a yeah. big part of the of the cover Blue Harvest over Star Wars was also because a lot of the props that they used weren't made in-house. They were purchased from other prop studios. And they knew that if they were buying something for Star Wars, that they would hike up the prices. And so oh. to avoid getting uh, uh, price gouged, they just named it a generic horror movie title so that when they bought props, they wouldn't inflate the price. That rules. Just a little fun fact that we missed, so I wanted to bring that up. And uh, I'm glad that Hayden brought that to my attention because that was interesting. Uh, but similarly, like anytime that we miss something like that, let us know and we will, especially if we make a mistake, we want to clarify that. Um, yeah. But if you want to be on the show and give us your expertise in person, we'd love to have you. We love interview episodes. And if you have a best friend, why not tell them that you enjoy this show? Because they might enjoy it too. You guys have similar tastes. And word of mouth is the best form of advertisement. Yeah, um, I think that's all we do, isn't it? That's everything we do. Well, thanks for listening. I've been Jackson. And I've been Asher. And this has been Strictly Confidential. As always, insert good joke here. 
We'll put that in in post. 